This is episode 81 on a mindset on things above, ways we like to play God. Welcome to a mindset on things above, the coaching podcast that helps believers live life to the full while keeping their mind set on things above. I'm your host, Katie Chavez, certified life coach and founder of Raise the Bar Life Coaching. I'm so thankful you're here as I am on a mission each week to encourage, coach, exhort, and edify believers with scripture, as well as personal life applications and coaching tools you can implement immediately to start seeing a positive change in your life. Be sure to subscribe so you can get weekly episodes right in your favorite place where you listen to podcasts. And finally, if this episode challenges or encourages you, would you just do me a favor and share it with a friend? It means the world to me when you help share this resource with others so they can live their best life too. All right, now let's get on to today's episode. You guys, I just recorded the little intro, episode 81, yada yada, and listened to my intro again. This is the second episode that it has been plugged into the beginning, and I like it. It's cute. It's like a minute, and if you get tired of it, just fast forward through it, but it's there to stay. It's cute. I like it. (laughs) Um, okay, so I have a couple things I want to talk to you about today. And I am, I've decided right now (laughs) to split it between two episodes. So this is episode one. Next week is going to be a continuation of today. So the things that I wanted to talk to you about, I um, do not disturb. Okay, perfect. On my phone, set. Let's go. There were four topics that came to mind for this week's episode. And I was like, what should I talk about? Which one should I do? And then the more I thought about each of these four seemingly completely independent subjects, I was like, they all actually have something in common. So we're going to clump them all together, even though they seem unrelated And the title of this episode is Ways We Like to Play God. So let me tell you the four things so they can rattle around in your mind between this episode and next week's epi. Um, Thing one, (laughs) thing one was I want to talk about possibility and making the decision or choosing to allow yourself to dream about the future and what might be possible. The next thing I want to talk about and we're going to talk about today is uh is how we determine oh reading my handwriting. Yep, that's how it goes. <laughs> uh talking about how we have determined outcomes and desires for ourselves in circumstances in situations we think it should be this way or we want it to be a certain way and so we pray about it (laughs) and I'm gonna offer a way to pray about situations it might not be at least it wasn't for me it might not be a way that you've thought about before so I hope this is gonna be helpful for you and then next week 
we're going to talk again about seeing exactly where you're at or where you're at as exactly where you're supposed to be. I think we talked about this last week or two weeks ago, just recently, and taking radical responsibility for everything about your life right now and how it is and what it is and where you're at and the results you have, taking responsibility for it and also seeing it as exactly where you're supposed to be, right where you're at with what you got, the results you have. And not thinking about it as, I should be farther along by now. I should know what my niche is by now. And all of these things, which we talked about just recently. Was it two weeks ago? I don't remember. And then the last thought that has been kind of in the back of my mind for a while. And I'm just going to bring it out today. I've been thinking about it. And I think I haven't jumped on it because I didn't know how to talk about it or how it fit precisely. But here here it is. We're going to put it in this um, group of topics. So the idea of letting go, like letting go of your thoughts about how a situation should be especially in regard to someone who is making bad choices, a person who is making poor choices in their life, or even living in sin. Touchy subject, I know. But how can we trust that God's got it? God is going to handle it. I don't need to insert my opinion or put my hand in the cookie jar and like fiddle with how I think somebody else's life should be. You know what? We do that often. We do that a lot. We point our finger and we're like, you shouldn't do that. You, you got to change. You're going to reap negative consequences. I'm only looking out for you. You need to cut this out. You need to stop doing, acting, being, saying, like being this way and you stop doing those things um, and we intend well, we can even get frustrated at people we love, maybe our family, family members, people that are close to us and we're just like, stop doing this, you're ruining your life or this is a really bad decision, you need to cut it out, you need to stop and we mean well, but I want to talk about giving that to God and letting go of the time you think it should take for somebody to repent or come clean of what is happening. And you can see it clear as day. I know that's why it makes it hard. Okay. And the subtle connection between all of these things is how we like to play God. Okay. So I want to talk about at least two of these and, uh, I'm going to continue the other two next week because we're going on vacation. So I need to have an episode all prepped and ready for you to go while we're gone. Leaving next week, UBIA. Okay, so let's see where we're at. It might sound like a lot. (laughs) These four like seemingly unrelated subjects, but... Yeah, moral of the story that we want to learn and take away from each of these is how we like to play God in each of these examples. So isn't it funny 
that all God calls us to do is to love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. Do a Google search. I did not pull up that reference. It's in the Gospels. (laughs) Do it. Open your Bible. Go get it out. Look at the concordance and find it. I didn't pull it up. So you can do that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. Um, And then the verse, I did look this up. It's John 14, 15. If we love him, hello, we will obey his commands. So kind of tied in with that is that we would obey him. So in order, there's, oh, yeah, we're just going to talk about, I'm kind of skipping my notes here. Talking about a recent coaching session that I had with a friend of mine. And last week I was telling y'all about these 20-minute sessions that I'm doing for my coaching certification. There are spots at least through the end of August. Go grab yourself one because these sessions have been really great. And thank you to those of you listening who have opted in to help me out and have booked a session. They've all been so great. And I want to share a little of what we talked about with my client on a recent session. So she wanted to look at and get coaching on dreaming, period. Like dreaming at all. Dreaming big dreams, entertaining possibility, Because what was happening was that she would hold herself back from entertaining possibility or dreaming because what it came down to was that she didn't want to feel disappointed. Like, I would love to XYZ have this dream, but because I doubt it'll happen or it'll be really hard or it'll take a long time or... I can't have it right now. I just, it probably it can't happen with my current resources. Definitely not. So I just won't even consider it. I won't even try it at all because I don't want to be disappointed is kind of the, nar- the narrative that seems safe and believable and true and right. Like, of course, I can't do that right now or with what I've got right now. So I don't want to disappoint myself. So I'm just not even gonna entertain possibility or dream about doing this thing or put myself out there. Scary. And I don't want to be disappointed. So as you can imagine, it was actually in fact disappointing to not have her dream either. So disappointing, disappointment appeared to be there. If you were to put yourself out there and not make it like, oh, how disappointing. And also it's disappointing to like not have it either. Not that you failed at trying, but like not even have it at all. <laughs> so disappointing. Also, <laughs> um, but as we were coaching, what we discovered together is that this kind of disappointment of not even trying but feeling disappointed about not having your goal, that kind of disappointment was in her control, was in my client's control. So to go for a dream 
and not know for certain if it'll work out or not, that kind of possibility of disappointment was something outside of my client's control, that uncertainty, the unknown. And so that felt less desired than the disappointment that she could control. Crazy. Does that make sense? Do you see that? So I was thinking about this more and after we had talked just recently and I was thinking about this more and so I didn't have a chance to share on our session what I thought of later. (laughs) But when we try to control or determine what the future will be for the sake of our own security, assuredness, and comfort. In a way, that is saying, step aside, God. I've got this. I don't need you. I don't need to trust you. I know the future. I don't need to exercise my faith. I'm just staying away completely from anything that's uncertain. Boom. Step aside, God. I got this. I'm in control. I don't need you. I don't need to trust you. I don't need to put my faith in you. I'm in control. I'm just not even going to put myself out there to risk failure because that's uncertainty and that's scary. And, oh, what am I going to do? So dreaming requires your faith, trust, and dependence on God. Don't try to look to yourself for your own answers or security because he will never leave you or forsake you. He's going to be there with you always. Even when you go for your dream and you fall flat on your face and you are 10 bucks short, whatever it looks like, mm, we're going to talk more about how he is with you always next. So, oh yeah, next. It's a great segue. This is a great segue into my next example that teaches us a just a different perspective maybe to pray from. So last week, I also mentioned right off the bat about how my car does not have AC. And since last week, uh, did I mention that it's been in the, hun- in the hundreds for the past 80 years here in Texas? 100 plus forever here in Texas. Um, since last week, we have taken my car in to just like see what was wrong and like what it would take to fix it like let's just see what's going on and maybe maybe like a couple hundred dollars I don't know we could we could manage that we can boot that maybe two thousand six hundred dollars is what it's gonna take to fix my AC two grand uh we politely declined service now, granted, that is less than buying a new car. I was like, dude, what? we might as well put two grand toward a different car because mine is a heap. We'll save that for another episode. But let me tell you what I was tempted to do. Can you hear me getting riled up already? <laughs> I was tempted to gripe, to complain, And to despair about how God doesn't provide for me or take care of my needs. Come on. 
Is that valid or not? Please just at least agree one iota with me here. I can't afford to fix my AC and I'm dying. I'm dying. Oh my gosh. It's so expensive. And God's not providing for me. And I drive food delivery as a side hustle. So when I say I'm dying, I'm almost not exaggerating. My car is an oven. An oven. It's fine. It's fine. Wah, wah, cry, cry. God is not fixing and I'm praying. Please fix my AC. Make it possible. Make a way. You own the cattle on a thousand hills. I think you could sell one to maybe fix my AC. Please, God, you won't miss just one. I know one of the 99, The one that one is so important. You'll go after it. Okay, so you're not willing to let it go. All right. He's not. Wah. Eh. Ha. Complain. Tanter. <laughs> that's what came to mind. So that's my new word. I was tantering about it. I was having a tantrum. Tantrum about how God's not providing and so on. Then I had this reminder from my pastor on Sunday. And I'm going to put that link to the sermon in the show notes because it's good. It's the beginning of a series. So it's a great place to start. And you can follow after that. I'll just put that first um, of his next series in my show notes. Go check it out. So God has a dream for you. And it's bigger and better than your dream for you. Because basic theology 101 is that God is bigger and better than you. So naturally, his dream for you is probably bigger and better. It is bigger and better because he is bigger and better than you. He's God. Capiche? His dream for you is For you to fulfill your destiny. And your dream for you is what leads you to your destiny. For example, you may dream about making money in your business. What a dream. What a thought. But in order to have that dream, to accomplish that, you must help people which is your destiny. See how your dream may be the pathway to your destiny. Hmm, how could that be? Isn't that interesting? I love it. God hears your prayers. He has heard me pray about my AC in my car. But let me remind you, as I was reminded, he is going to answer them his way not your way. Remember, his way is better. His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. So sometimes your way is his way. Bada bing, bada boom. You pray, it's answered. Yes. But if we are amiss in any way, for any reason, in how we pray and what we pray for, you best believe He is going to do it his way, not your way. Because who is God? You or him? Katie, I'm looking in a mirror. I got a mirror right in front of me in my office. Who is God? Are you that he should answer your your prayer the way you think? Like the way you pray it? How you pray? What you pray for? Like he should cater to you and answer your prayer the way you think it should be? Dude, God is after your heart. 
And it's his goal to conform you into the image of his son. That is Romans 8, 29. So pray. Yes. Don't, I'm not saying like, just stop praying or don't pray. Pray. Yes. But consider this. If the problem, quote unquote problem, isn't solved, if your prayer isn't answered the way you pray it, if the thorn isn't removed, like Paul, don't forget to pray a different angle on it. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And before you go, because I can hear you like just about to justify how and why that means answering your prayer to a T the way you prayed it. Thy will uh, uh, be done on earth that is, as it is on uh, what I just said. <laughs> Remember. The centurion who prayed, I believe, Lord, I have belief, but help my unbelief. Girl, whoever's listening over on the other side of this, dude, maybe there's something you're not believing or something you are resisting to believe. And that is where we can pray for God to help our unbelief. Such as that this situation, me not having air conditioning in my car, maybe, I don't know, I'm not God, I'm just saying it. that situation might be better, it might be in my best interest for it to be this way. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief because I don't know if I believe that this situation is for my best. I'm pretty sure it's really dang hot. In my car when I'm trying to work and I could complain up and down all day about why this is the worst thing ever. (laughs) But maybe this situation is for the better, for my best interest. Help my unbelief. (sighs) Because maybe there's a valuable lesson for me to learn And for me to be transformed a little more into the likeness of Jesus by this situation. So I'm praying for that to be fixed. I'm going to continue to pray. (laughs) But until it is, instead of fixing the situation, my AC, perhaps, Lord, give me strength to endure this trial whatever challenge you're going through, help me not to complain complain or be ungrateful as long as this lasts. God, help me glorify you in this. Job did. He was on his last breath. He was like dying of all every disease you could imagine. And Job was still glorifying God. And I can't glorify God with broken AC. Ah! And let this be an opportunity to learn how to remain calm to trust you and be patient and to not swear when it feels unbearable. Purify me, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Do you see a different approach to the problem? Not just like, God, make it easy, make my life easy, take this away, take the thorn out, fix my life, fix this problem. What is a different perspective that might be more of an eternity mindset, something that is what you're going to take to heaven with you, that is beyond measure, that is everlasting, 
not temporary. Mindset on things above. So stop trying to be God when you pray. Cringe. So this is how I think it should be. And if you don't supply my need, God, then you're just not listening to me and you aren't answering my prayer and complaint and tantor and cry and when. Okay, let's see where we're at. Okay, well, that's, let me maybe recap the two points that we've gone over so far. And then we're going to save the last two points for next week's episode. My takeaway that I'm really wanting to iterate in these seemingly unrelated topics that have been rolling around in my mind for a while now is that we need to consider how we're trying to be God in our own life. Whether it's, I'm not going to put myself out there because I don't want to use my faith or I don't want to depend on God. I don't want to dream in order to get to my destiny. I'm just going to keep myself safe. I'm going to hold myself back. I'm not going to take risks. Um, I'm not going to play with uncertainty because that is foreign and scary and I don't like it. So, God, I don't need you in my life. I'm just going to stay safe and protect myself and look to myself to provide for my own needs. Okay, there's that example, situation. Or how you pray about quote-unquote problems in your life. Are you praying for a quick fix, like quickly solve this problem, get me out of here ASAP? Or are you praying to be conformed into the image of Christ, more in the likeness of God's son, Jesus? Here's the rest of that verse I actually thought was interesting. Um, what is this? Breaking down the key parts of Romans 8.29 when I googled, Google a lot. Verses could just, boom, it's just right there. It's perfect. It's fast. It's great. I just like Google verse of whatever thought that comes to mind. Uh, I have a lot of scripture in my head, but I don't know exactly where it's at or exactly how the whole verse goes. So I'll Google it. It's so great. So resourceful. So do that for, what was that one verse that I mentioned earlier? Uh, Oh, about, yeah. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Boom. Put it in Google. Pull it up ASAP. Do it or open up your Bible. Okay, anyway, um, to be conformed to the image of his son, breaking that down, rather than saying to be saved, it says that we are predestined to become like Jesus. The Christian life is not about whether you go to heaven or hell, but whether you love God and want to be like him. This is why we are called to make disciples, which are students of Jesus. We are to follow and become like Jesus, who is like the Father. And then the last part of that verse, so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. I didn't know what that meant, but here it is. This is an eloquent way of saying that God wants a big family. He wants many children. Consider that he only had one child, Jesus, and said, I'd like this one not to be an only child, but the oldest child of many. And God sent Christ to bring about our adoption so that we 
can be part of the family of God. Um, what was I even talking about? Oh, about praying and being in it for the long run. How can we be conformed more into the image of Christ? Because we're, we've got a long ways to go. We've got all of eternity to become more like God's son and learn what we need to. Mm, So good. Okay. That's it. Thanks for listening. Fantastical. I'll see you next week for the last two points. Bye.